Hey there, future fans. This week we have the three S's, that's Summer, Shelly, and Scoundrels. It's the week of May 25th, 2018, and this is episode 90 of Future Flicks with Billiam. Welcome to the show, everyone. It is a new week, and we we don't have a lot of movies, which makes sense, and is also kind of weird because we're getting into a bigger movie season. The summer season is huge. I mean, the Christmas time is always a big time for movies. Thanksgiving, Christmas time, for some reason, families go, "Oh, we just ate a big meal. Let's all go see a movie as a family on Christmas." Because I I don't know. All right, I, I can't make fun of it too much. I actually know quite a few people who do that. An old friend of mine would take his whole family out for Christmas, like like upwards of 20 people to go see a movie. And But hey, if you go see movies with your family on Christmas or, or big holidays, good for you, I guess. But anyway, yes, uh, the summer is the biggest time. The holidays come, come in a, a close second when it comes to big movies. And we're now in the thick of it. We had Deadpool 2 last week, Solo this week. Next week, there's a little lull. But then right after that, we have Ocean's 8, we have Incredibles 2, we have Jurassic World, we have Sicario 2, Ant-Man and the Wasp, The First Purge, Skyscraper, The Equalizer 2, Mission Impossible, Fallout. And then in August, it starts to slow down. This is actually kind of a mediocre year as far as blockbusters go. Last year had a lot more. It was a lot bigger. Next year promises to be huge as well. But yeah, why did I bring that up? I brought that up because this week we have only a couple movies. We have, let's see, one, two, three, four. Is that it? Five. Okay, five movies coming out and only... One of them is a wide release. We all know which one the wide release is, but then just five. We haven't had that many or, or that few since early spring. So yeah, we might have a short episode if I can shut the hell up and get on with the news. So you know what? Let's get on with the housekeeping and then we can jump into the news. I am Billiam. This is Future Flicks with Billiam. If you've never listened to the show before, welcome and I hope you enjoy what you hear. I also hope you don't take your family to go see movies on Christmas and then we're super offended and shut this off. If so, then oops. On Future Flicks with Billiam, we go in a certain pattern. I do some ad-libbed opening, I talk about the news, I talk about the trailers, and then we jump into all the movies that are coming out during the week, which are normally split up into two categories. The limited releases, and then the bigger, wider releases, and also limited releases that look really interesting. We then wrap that all up with a question of the week after, of course, I give you my pick, the one movie I think you should go see if you go see a movie that week. But then, like I said, we go into the question of the week and then we end it. When I talk about the movies, or at least the bigger movies, or anything I'm going to discuss a lot, I will give it a score, which I call the Billiams Interest Level Score or the Bill Score. That goes anywhere from a zero for the terrible movies to and 11 for the movies you just have to see. 
Well, how do you listen to this show? You are already doing a good job, so keep doing that. But you can find me on the Somewhat Nerdy website or on our Facebook page. You can find me on iTunes, SoundCloud, Stitcher, Google Play, and anywhere you can listen to podcasts. That's every podcast app. And if for some reason your preferred podcast app can't find us, always let us know. And how do you reach me? That That is always a great question. You can email me, billionreviews at gmail.com. You can hit me up on Twitter or Instagram at BilliamSWN. You can leave a message for me on the Somewhat Nerdy website or Facebook page. Leave a comment on SoundCloud. And as always, if you leave a comment somewhere and I don't talk about it on the show, just let me know. Go, hey, you forgot my comment and I will apologize and get to it on the next episode. Well, with the housekeeping out of the way, let's jump into our first segment, which as always is the news. According to Deadline, Halle Berry and Angelica Houston are joining the cast of John Wick Chapter 3. Keanu Reeves, Lawrence Fishburne, Ian McShane, Lance Reddick, and Ruby Rose are returning, and John Leguizamo and Common are rumored to return as well, though it's not been confirmed. John Wick 3 Parabellum has a May 17, 2019 release date. Spider-Man Homecoming 2 is in talks with their next villain. Jake Gyllenhaal is being talked with, being chit-chatted up, to play Quentin Beck, a.k.a. Mysterio, pleasing quite a few fans. The fact that they're going with Mysterio after having that stinger involving the Vulture and Scorpion at the end of the first one makes me think that they're going for a Sinister Six story with the third movie, and that that really pleases me because I've always wanted a Sinister Six movie. Michael Keaton is also set to return as... Adrian Toomes, a.k.a. The Vulture. This is set for a July 5th, 2019 release. Former President Barack Obama and his wife Michelle Obama have worked out a deal with Netflix. This is a, quote, storytelling partnership, and their aim is to produce multiple movies and TV shows. But it's way, way too early to judge anything about what this uh, what this partnership is going to produce. More on that as the story develops. And finally in the news, this is news from the land of Danish building blocks. The Lego Twitter at Lego Group announced on the 21st the new logo for the Lego Movie 2. Collider reported that Duplo blocks will make an appearance in this movie in the form of what Finn's sister is playing with. If you remember, the first film was all Finn playing with his dad's Legos, as we found out near the end, and well, Finn has a little sister, and she plays with Duplo Blocks. This film has a February 8th, 2019 release date. And you know what, ladies and gentlemen, that is it for the news. Let's jump into everyone's favorite segment, The Trailer Trove. Avast, and welcome to The Trailer Trove. I was working on show notes while my wife was asleep and I had to hold in all of the laughter after watching the Red Band trailer for the Happy Time Murders. This is a crime comedy directed by Brian Henson starring Melissa McCarthy, Elizabeth Banks, Joel McHale, Maya Rudolph, and Bill Beretta, who you may know as Pepe the King Prawn or the Swedish Chef or Rolf from The Muppets. That's right, this is a buddy cop crime comedy and it, it took me four Four takes to say that buddy cop crime comedy featuring Melissa McCarthy and her partner, a puppet. So just imagine the nice guys and the Muppets had a baby. This is what you get. This is what Meet the Feebles could have been 
if it was about a police procedural thing and, you know, not complete shit. This has an August 17th release date. July 27th is going to bring us the badass looking Mission Impossible Fallout. That's right, Ethan Hunt survives the nuclear apocalypse in a vault and then he ventures into the capital wasteland to start a new life. No, 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 that's not it. This is the sixth installment of the popular action franchise. This one, which is totally not about Fallout the video game, adds Henry Cavill to the cast as the bad guy august walker or should i say a bad guy because this also adds sean harris as the main villain solomon lane i get the feeling for this movie they were channeling javier bardim's bad guy from oh was it skyfall he was in yes skyfall he played silva uh, javier bardim my favorite bond villain anyway I, I get the feeling that solomon lane is supposed to be kind of a kind of a Sil silva even though the their reasons for doing what they're doing may be different anyway if you liked the other movies, this one looks pretty badass, so check out that trailer. If you haven't already seen the trailer for Black Klansman, then you're missing out. This is a Spike Lee joint from producer Jordan Peele, and it stars John David Washington, Adam Driver, Topher Grace, and Alec Baldwin. This is the movie about a city's first black policeman who's investigating the KKK and, with the help from his white partner, goes undercover in the Klan. Because as a black man, he can't actually go undercover. This is not a Dave Chappelle skit. So he does all the phone work and then sends Adam Driver in to play the fake Klansman. And Topher Grace looks like he does an amazing job as the, the, the head warlock guy or whatever it is a Klansman call their dickless leader. I don't know. The newest Spike Lee joint has an August 10th release date. So Andy Serkis's Mowgli has a trailer. And am I saying that wrong? Mowgli? 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 I swear, I am not drunk or high, and I just can't say that name. Mowgli. Mowgli. Mowgli! That's it. Okay, Mowgli. I must be tired. Okay, let's move on. If you remember back when the last Jungle Book movie came out, it was also announced that Andy Serkis had been working on one too. Well, here it is. And, um, no. No, thank you. I hope a better trailer comes out, and I hope they clean up the CG, because this could just be a case of a terrible trailer. I really like Andy Serkis, and I want to like this movie, but it looked boring, and the CG looked terrible. It just looks like a poor attempt at trying to compete with Disney, and I know Disney is the end-all beat-all when it comes to CG, because they have all the money, thus all the technology, but come on, I bet Warner Brothers can do better. This was a confusing trailer. I believe it's supposed to take place after The Jungle Book, but parts of it are flashbacks to before The Jungle Book, and some of it are, fl are flashbacks to after The Jungle Book, but before when the movie takes place. It was confusing. We see Mowgli held captive by the humans and then he breaks out, but he's also still with them in certain scenes and being celebrated and loved like a hero. And But in other scenes, he's still being held captive. I have no idea what the f*** was going on in the trailer. It was a sloppy trailer. It should have been cleaned up before it was released. And I hope that the movie's a lot better than it makes it sound. Or look. This film has an October 19th release date. Say, friends, did you like Spotlight? Do you wish they made a similar movie, but about the New York Times uncovering the truth behind the Iraq War? Well, your wish is granted. We have a first look, a first trailer for Shock and Awe, a film starring James Marsden, Jessica Biel, Woody Harrelson, Mila Jokovich, Tommy Lee Jones, Rob Reiner, and Richard Schiff. If you liked Spotlight, this is more of the same. And I loved Spotlight. 
and I want more of the same. I don't even care how accurate or inaccurate it is, I just want to see this. Also, I just like seeing James Marsden in a starring role and not being the guy who gets his woman taken away from him. So yeah, that, that looks interesting. It has a July 13th release date, a day before my birthday. Yay me. If you follow the somewhat nerdy website, Facebook page or Twitter account, then you'll see the little blurb I posted about the Bohemian Rhapsody trailer that came out and how excited I am for it. This, of course, is the Queen slash Freddie Mercury biopic that stars Rami Malek, Joseph Mazzello, Mike Myers, and Aiden Gillen. Joseph Mazzello, of course, Tim from Jurassic Park. I still haven't been able to find out if that was actually Malik singing in the trailer, but I really don't think it was. Though I do have high hopes for him doing a f***ing awesome job. I can't wait. This film comes out November 2nd, and the trailer has done a lot to raise my hopes. Because if you remember previously, I thought this was going to be a shit show, because it, it had been reported that Sasha Baron Cohen left the project because of creative differences with the members of Queen. Apparently, Cohen wanted it to be more about Freddie Mercury, and it was it was reported, though never confirmed, that Queen wanted the movie to be more about them as a band and not just Mercury. And I heard other reports that actually Sasha Baron Cohen wanted it to be a very dark movie and be kind of not kind to, to Freddie Mercury. So I don't know who to believe, but in the end, it looks like we have a good movie. And finally, in the trove, we have a trailer for a movie I never knew I wanted. This film is called Destination Wedding, and it's a rom-com starring Keanu Reeves and Renona Ryder. This is about two people who meet in an airport and almost automatically start arguing. It turns out they're going to the same place, a destination wedding, which is something rich people have. This is a rom-com, so we can assume that they start to fall for each other, though the trailer really doesn't hint at that much. The trailer really just shows them almost begrudgingly accepting each other's company, but never really enjoying it. So maybe it's just a dramedy. Maybe it's not a rom-com. We will see when it comes out August 24th. And with that, it is time for our first break before we jump into the five movies we have this week. So let's take a break and listen to a word from our friends at Somewhat Nerdy Radio. Stay tuned. Are you looking for a nerd podcast that touches on every walk of nerd culture? Well, look no further. Somewhat Nerdy Radio is the podcast for you. We cover nerd culture, news, new movie reviews, bad movie reviews, video games, comics, with sprinkles of nerdy nostalgia throughout. Somewhat Nerdy Radio is a flagship podcast of the Somewhat Nerdy Podcast Network. Find us on every podcast app or stream it on somewhatnerdy.com. Good journey, nerds. And welcome back. We only have four movies. Uh, I'm sorry, five movies. <laughs> Counting is difficult today. I, I don't know what's up. Oh, we only have five movies, so I'm not going to do the limited section. I'm just going to talk about all of them, but some of them less so than others. Well, let's jump into it. And the first movie this week is a documentary called... The Gospel According to Andre. This is a documentary about fashion editor Andre Leon Talley. And it's... That's it? That That's what you need to know. Uh, have you ever heard of this gentleman? I have not. But apparently, if you're in the fashion world, you have. In this in this documentary trailer, everyone was like... He was walking in a room and people were like, Oh, shit, it's this guy. He knows what's up. And remember, this isn't the type of fashion that you would see actually literally see on the streets this is the type of stuff you only see on the runway which you know is fine whatever do your thing but if you are interested in the world of high fashion and or you know who this is you may want to check this out this looks like a well put together documentary and a very interesting story about a 
gay black man growing up in a time where where it wasn't okay to be gay or a black man and now he's at the top of the fashion world so that itself is quite the accomplishment so i guess you can kind of say this is like the blind side but for fashion i i don't plan on seeing this uh, even though i said it looks well put together and well done that doesn't mean i'm interested but if you are definitely check this out it, it looks like it could be worth it but for everyone else it's going to be that basic thing. If you know who this is, see it. If you don't, skip it. So for me, this gets a 5 out of 11. The next movie on the list is a film called Summer 1993. Frida is sent to live with her uncle's family after her mother dies, but she finds it hard to adapt to her new life. This is a Spanish film starring no one you've ever heard of, but it does look like it's filled with good performances. And this is a perfect example, uh, to me at least, of a film that doesn't seem to do anything wrong, but doesn't appeal to me at all. This is the movie version of a human interest story. So if you want to see a sad but ultimately heartwarming story of, of this young girl who loses her mom and and can't really come to terms with it because she's just a little girl. And then it gets gets moved to this new house with these people that are trying to help her, but can't seem to do anything right, per se, at least not right away. And then slowly they learn together, and no, oh, they become a family, yay. If you want to see that type of movie, and you don't mind subtitles, then, then check this out. It does look cute. This looks cute, well-acted, well-shot, well-directed. Everything I normally look for in a trailer, it has, except for the entertainment value. And remember, just because it doesn't have any explosions or comic book characters in it doesn't mean that alone doesn't make it not entertaining. Just the fact that it didn't resonate with me. The trailer didn't strike any particular chord with me. And it's just that reason alone that I don't want to see this. But I bet you there are a lot of people out there who would gladly watch something like that and go, yes, I like this movie. This is a, a heartwarming true story. At least it claims to be a true story about a very real, a very a very true struggle that hopefully not a lot of people have gone through, but I know statistically they have, but a movie about one of those primal fears of losing someone close to you, especially when you're so young, so young that you can't really grasp it. Or maybe you can, because a lot of times kids are smarter than we give them credit for. So maybe they can, maybe, maybe Frida can grasp what happened to her mother, but just can't grasp how to process that. So even though a, a lot of the signs point to this being a good film, it still looks ultimately skippable. So if there's something about this trailer, it's something about my description or my discussion on it. If something about that resonates with you, then definitely put this on your list to see. If not, skip it. And you know what? Maybe one day, maybe one day you're browsing Netflix, Hulu, Amazon, whatever service, whatever future services there are, and you see it, maybe give it a try. But for now, let's just move on to the next movie. Summer, 1993. It's a 6 out of 11. Three more movies left this week, folks. Three more. The next film coming up is one called Future World. A young boy searches a wasteland for a cure for his dying mother. Along the way, he stumbles upon the last synthetic human left alive. This synthetic human used to work for a very dangerous man, but upon meeting the boy, changes the way she views herself and the world and begins to help him. 
This stars James Franco from 127 Hours, Mila Jokovic from Resident Evil, Lucy Liu from Futurama, and Snoop Dogg. So it seems to me that someone took Mad Max and tried to make it have a baby with Blade Runner, but didn't do a very good job of it, and then came out with this idea for a movie, got half the budget of Mad Max, spent half of that half, so quarter, on the actors, and then the rest went into the most basic costumes and sets you could possibly imagine. I was watching the trailer and there are parts that I was really interested in. Parts I was like, oh, this looks pretty cool. Miliokovic looks like she does a really good job. James Franco looks like he's insane. Lucy Liu's there. Snoop Dogg exists as well. And the girl that plays the synthetic looks like she tried to channel her inner summer glow, but failed miserably. Okay, that's a little harsh. Maybe not miserably, but just failed. This film was so close to being a hidden gem. And as always, it could be. This could be amazing. It could be a bad trailer. And I'm not just saying that to cover my ass. I'm saying that because it's true. Like I've said quite a few times before, I thought John Carter was going to be a terrible movie based on the trailers. I watched the movie. Now it's one of my favorites. I still want to watch Lady Bird just because from the trailer, I thought it was going to be utter shit but a lot of people I trust say it was a great movie, so I really want to see that now. But something tells me this one isn't going to be like those movies. This looks just like a movie that all these actors did just for a paycheck in between other projects. It looked like it took like maybe a month of shooting. Their idea for a set was, oh, here's an abandoned oil rig in the middle of the desert. Let's just film there. Let's just dress everyone in old motorcycle leathers and bedazzle it. That, that'll be our, our costumes. This film could be cool, but I think it just falls way too short. Future World gets a 3.5 out of 11. All right, two movies left, and I... Come on, I'm not even going to play coy. We know what the pick is. So we're just going to talk about the next movie, which is Mary Shelley. This is a story of Mary Wollstonecraft, who became Mary Shelley after an affair with poet Percy Shelley and the subsequent writing of Frankenstein. This stars Elle Fanning from Neon Demon, Macy Williams, or Massey, Macy, Macy, whatever, the girl from Game of Thrones, and Douglas Booth from Pride, Prejudice, and Zombies. I flip-flopped on this movie a couple times. I, I really have, because the first trailer that I saw made this look like a romance movie, a, a period romance that just happened to be about Mary Shelley. So it seemed to me that they just took the name and just invented their own story. Though, when other trailers came out, it focused less on the romance, but then it's still a big deal. But how big, I still want to know how much of the movie is going to be about the writing of Frankenstein. Because let's face it, that's all anyone is going to give a shit about. Mary Shelley could have had the coolest life, or at least the most entertaining life, in human history. But no one knows that. All we know is that she wrote and created one of the most iconic characters ever. A character that eventually became one of the big monsters, like the universal monsters. A character that's been recreated and redone and reimagined so many times that that is what we want to know about. That is what's going to sell tickets and that is what they barely mentioned in some of the trailers and in other trailers I mentioned a lot, so I want to know where the balance is. Of course, it can't be all about the book because I guess that would be pretty boring. We should know a little bit about her, but then how how much is it, really? 
And even if the focus is going to be on her life and how how entertaining that may be, happy, sad, what have you, that's not going to sell tickets because no one knows about that because she's not she's only famous for one thing. And that's not a criticism of her at all. That is more of a criticism of the movie that they should have really pushed that a little more in the trailers. What's that? Bram Stoker was one of the first men on the moon? No one gives a shit. They want to hear about Dracula. Yes, I know that I got my times all mixed up on that, but I was going for a joke. It's like when an 80s band, an 80s one hit wonder goes and plays somewhere and all the crowd wants to hear is their hit. The band's like, oh, we've done other songs, you know? Yeah, that's great. No one wants to hear that. Shut up, flock of seagulls. Just play Iran, because that's what people care about. Is VH1 doing a behind the music on Tommy Two Tone? You better focus on eight six seven five three zero nine, or I'm not going to give a. Sh okay, I, th I think I proved my point. Let let's move on. This was directed by Haifa Al Mansour, the first female filmmaker in Saudi Arabia. I was talking with Anne about Saudi Arabia earlier, or. She was telling me about about things she's read because it seems like they're trying to slowly go through this cultural upheaval. Here's a female filmmaker. Women can drive now. And some people are criticizing how slow it goes. And I understand that. But but I also understand that you can't just make these changes overnight. You can't wake up and go, OK, women have full rights. Gays won't be killed anymore. Yay. OK, I'm, I'm getting off topic with this, but I hope you see my point. With a, I understand people's criticisms, like with WWE going to Saudi Arabia for the Greatest Royal Rumble and making this big deal, like the women from WWE couldn't wrestle, and WWE got in trouble for having a promo involving women or something, but they're, uh, but Saudi Arabia is making a big deal that women can drive now, and in countries like ours, we're going, oh, that's not a big deal at all, really. But where's the balance? Where's the sweet spot? Where is it going to be quick enough to make those of us from first world countries happy? But not so fast that the country is going to just revolt. Okay, end of tangent. Back to Mary Shelley. So yes, this Saudi Arabian woman directed this, and um, I'm impressed. I I just bring her up not because she's from she's from Saudi Arabia, but because we can't rely on her pedigree, on her directing history to tell us anything about this. She has only done three other projects. One was a short, one was a documentary, and one was a movie called Wajda, a movie that seems to be liked pretty well by people who've seen it. But again, there's not a lot we can use to go, oh, well, she's done this and this and this. That's been great. So this should be great too. So let's finish this up by breaking it down. Good actresses, a director we don't know much about, and a movie that from the trailers can't decide if it's romance or how heavily it is in the romance and how much it's going to talk about the thing we actually care about. This is going to be an unreliable movie. It may be very good because it, like I said, it has reliable actors in it at least, but nothing else points to this being a good movie. Mary Shelley gets a five out of 11. All right, it is time for the pick of the week. And once again, it is very predictable. That movie is called Solo, a Star Wars story. This is a story of the young Han Solo and his adventures as he meets Chewbacca and Lando Calrissian. This stars Alden Ehrenreich from Hail Caesar, the new Chewbacca actor, Yunus Soatamo, Woody Harrelson from Natural Born Killers, Amelia Clark from Game of Thrones, Donald Glover from Community, Fandy Newton from Westworld, Paul Bettany from Avengers Infinity War, Warwick Davis from Willow, 
and featuring the voices of Jon Favreau and Linda Hunt. And here we go. Here is the movie that has made nerds nervous since it was announced. One of the most beloved characters from the original trilogy is getting an origin story. And now we have to we have to deal with whatever comes out. Whatever comes out is canon. And not just the story we have to deal with, but is Alden Ehrenreich the right choice or was he the right choice? How is this even going to be? And we all have fears about this. We all do. And some of them have not been set to rest by the trailers. Like my main fear is, are they going to try and turn Han Solo into some sort of hero before he even gets to the Battle of Yavin or Yavin, whatever. Some nerd will correct me on that. Because remember, Han Solo was a scoundrel. He was a scallywag. He was basically a bad guy. Han shot first. Don't let George Lucas's f***ing tinkering with the original trilogy fool anyone. Han shot first because he was a bad guy. Or at the very least, at the very least, he was an anti-hero. So I don't want to see some story where he's some hero fighting the, the Empire from the very beginning. If you, if Disney tries to feed us that bullshit, I will be quite angry. What I want to see is Han Solo being the Han Solo we, we expect to see before A New Hope. So you've all heard me talk about this movie quite a bit. Every time there's news, I brought it up. We know all the problems. We know that the original directors were given the boot because it just didn't work. We heard that every scene needed about upwards of 30 takes just for the hell of it. We heard that Disney wasn't happy with Alden Ehrenreich, so they hired an acting coach for him. And we also heard that when Ron Howard came in, he just redid everything because what they had was garbage. But was there enough time? Was there enough time? Could enough be done to salvage what looked like a sinking ship? I sure do hope so. I trust Ron Howard as a director. I really do. I like Alden Ehrenreich, though... I never, ever would have picked him for Han Solo. I'm actually not sure who I would have picked for a young Han Solo. I just know it would have been him. But word on the street is that he uh, he did well after the acting coaching. And it was also reported that it wasn't because he was a bad actor. It was because Disney wanted something very specific when it came to a young Han Solo. The rest of the cast, I have no problem with. I'm not very familiar with the new Chewbacca, but I, I had no idea that Chewbacca had been replaced in The Last Jedi. So seeing as I couldn't even tell that that it wasn't Peter Mayhew uh, is pretty good. That speaks a lot to Yonhas or Yunhas Suotamo, however you say that. But what I what I want to get at is that even though some of my fears, some of my fears are gone, not enough has been done to prove to me that beyond the shadow of a doubt that this is going to be a really good movie. I think what we have here is just going to be an entertaining movie, even though normally we expect more from Star Wars. In fact, nerds are hypercritical of Star Wars. I look at the prequel trilogy as just enjoyable fun. Stupid at times? Yes. Bad acting, bad directing, bad, bad a lot of stuff? Yes, but I still look at it as entertaining, while other nerds will look at it as Satan, as Satan in movie form. And also nerds can't form a... Uh, can't form a single mind on the new set of movies. There are a ton of people who hate them, ton of people who love them. We have people like Danger who won't even watch them. So this movie is starting with 
a lot going against it. Not only did it have to overcome a lot, but it also has one of the hardest group of fans to please. Nerds in general, if you're just a general nerd, you like a lot of stuff. And you could have a wide variety of things you like, but if you ever label yourself a specific nerd, like I am a Star Wars nerd, I'm a Star Trek nerd, I am a DC, a Marvel nerd, I am a Harry Potter nerd, because you label yourself so narrowly you're you, you tend to be harder to please my good friend walker is he's an overall nerd he's likes a, a lot of nerdy stuff but star wars is his first and foremost and he is the absolute hardest to please i bet you anything with like walker and other people like him if you took the prequels or if you take the new movies just give him a different name and made it not a Star Wars movie, they would have been better received. But it's because we put the Star Wars name on it that we get so defensive, that we get so up in arms against anything that could potentially tarnish the beautiful memory we have of the first trilogy. And let's face it, folks, we have to understand, we have to get it through our heads that nothing is ever going to compare to those. Star Wars started going downhill once George Lucas started releasing the special editions of the original trilogy. Once he got rid of Han shooting first, once he added the scene of Jabba at Mos Eisley, once he added that musical number in Return of the Jedi, once he started doing that, it started going downhill. But we, I also want people to understand that Star Wars started on this huge plateau, on this huge mountaintop. And so even though it started going downhill from there, it is still a lot better than a lot of other things. I like the new set of movies a lot. Like, a lot. They're nowhere near the quality and the amazingness as the first three movies, but then here, me, an intellectual, <clears throat> I understand that nothing will ever be that good. So if you ever want to enjoy a Star Wars movie again, you have to realize that and step back and go, okay, I'm going to look at this as its own thing. I'm not going to compare it to anything that came before it. This is going to be its own thing and I'm going to try and enjoy it, and I'll pretend for a moment that if it's just a little less than great, that it's not going to ruin my childhood. I look at the prequels, I look at anything new in Star Wars the same way that I do with the Ghostbusters reboot. I enjoyed that movie. I am one of the few on this website. I think the only, in fact, that did. But that still doesn't mean it's anywhere near as nearly as great as the first two Ghostbusters movies. Those are amazing. Some of my favorite of all time. And just because I could enjoy the new one doesn't mean that it took away anything from the first two. Solo, a Star Wars story, isn't going to be great. It is going to be entertaining. It is going to be a modern blockbuster. The times of the old great space operas of movies like that are behind us. They are gone. Any new movie that comes out is going to be of this new, new vein of, or newer vein of big blockbuster movies that have very similar things about them, even if the stories are different. So never expect to see anything that's going to take you back to the 70s or the early 80s when these movies came out. Just expect to see something modern and something entertaining. And if you can do that, you'll have a better chance of enjoying this movie. There are two ways this movie can get screwed up for you. First, 
is that it was just made poorly. Somewhere along the lines, it was screwed up. Either Alden Ehrenreich isn't going to be the best, or Ron Howard couldn't save it, or something else went wrong, or it's going to be all you and in your head. And as long as it's a at least a mediocre movie, the enjoyment factor is completely in your hands. I have my fears with this movie. I have a lot of fears, but I'm going to go in with open eyes and an open mind. Solo. A Star Wars Story gets a 7.5 out of 11. Yes, despite that big rant I just had, I still gave it a 7.5 just because I have to be honest with my score. I think it's going to be an okay movie. I don't think this is going to be great. I think it's going to be entertaining and enjoyable, but not anything spectacular. Nerds in a Squared Circle on SomewhatNerdy.com Nerds of the Squared Circle on SomewhatNerdy.com. Nerds of the Squared Circle on SomewhatNerdy.com. Hi, I'm Sam Jericho of SomewhatNerdy.com's Nerds of the Squared Circle. Join me, Snarf Chris, and the dude with the headband. We talk about wrestling and more wrestling. Do you like wrestling? Yeah! Then you should listen to our podcast. Do you not like wrestling? You should still listen to our podcast. SomewhatNerdy.com's Nerds of the Squared Circle. Subscribe to us on iTunes or your favorite podcast app today. Nerds in Square Circle on SomewhatNerdy.com There are several ways to raise money for a good cause. Some do it by running marathons. Some host high-dollar dinners. And some just do it by clever internetting. We here at the Watch Your Mouth Podcast employ a different approach. Wall-to-wall filthy f***ing language. Go to a grocery store, I'm like, I know exactly what I need. I get in there, I'm like, yeah, the f*** did I even come here for? With our charity swear jar, every f***ed up utterance from our unfettered gobs is a dime in the right direction. The motherfucker's a mouth breather. Gaming, movies, life musings, it's all here. Served on a bed of f***s and garnished with a crown of Shut the f*** up! How the f*** did we get here? F*** all that, a jelly bean! So if you want to hear us do good things with bad words, check out the Watch Your Mouth podcast on iTunes. Tunes, SoundCloud, Facebook, or online at WIMPodcast.com. And remember, swearing is caring, so watch your mouth. Well, that is it for the movies, ladies and gentlemen. Let us move into the question of the week. And we did get one answer outside of me and Anne, and that came from Brian Q. So before we get into that, let me reiterate the question. And remember, if at a later date you want to answer the question, like if one day, maybe three weeks, four weeks, a year later, an idea comes to you of like, oh, I should have used that as an answer for the question of the week. Let me know. Somewhat Nerdy's very own Herc did it. One day I got an email from him with like eight or nine different answers. And that was great. And you know, Herc, I know you're busy, but if you ever want to do that again, I, I am always willing to read every single answer you give me. But again, you work a lot. I know you do. So no pressure on that. So what was the question we had last week? That question was, what movie do you think would have benefited from an R rating? And that could mean anything. It could mean that it's more violent. It could mean just that there's more swearing. It could just be a lot more tense, like a like a true psychological thriller, like Nightcrawler. It could mean there's more sex in it, if you think that makes movies better. And the answer we got came from Brian Q via Twitter, who said Excalibur. And I, I haven't thought of this movie in years, so I had to look it up. And this is a movie from 1981 starring Helen Mirren, 
and Nigel Terry. Looking down the list of anyone else who's in it, the only other person anyone would recognize, oh, two other people, uh, Liam Neeson and Patrick Stewart. Of course, I'm talking about big names. If Maybe you could look at this cast and recognize every single person, but as far as big names go, it's just going to be Helen Mirren, Liam Neeson, Patrick Stewart. And honestly, I, I don't remember this movie very well. I know I watched it as a kid, but it's been so long that it's very vague to me. But I, I can see where Brian Q is coming from. I, I can see where you're coming from in this because it has a PG rating. So we have this movie that's going to have like knights fighting and shit. Like, like seriously, King Arthur shit because, well, Excalibur and all. Which could be made a lot cooler by not even language and sex. We can we can take those two off the board right there. Just more action. So good answer on that one. You never disappoint. So a day has passed since that that very last thing I said because I wanted to give a, a people a little more time to answer and I and I sent a reminder out on Twitter and we got one more answer. This one from the Uncorked Gamers. I'm assuming it's uh, it's Vegan Dan who had a really good answer. He said Suicide Squad. And yes, I mean, that movie was so close to being good. As the Somewhat Nerdy Radio podcast talked about on their episode before last, titled Movies That Were Almost Good, it was so close. It was so close to being good. And I enjoyed it as just a entertaining comic book movie, but I could have, and in fact, I did pick it to death. So maybe an R rating could have helped it. Maybe a little more action, maybe maybe make it a little more darker would have helped. Anne has an answer too. She says, Wish Upon. If you don't remember, that was the 2017 movie about this teenage girl who, who discovers a box that, guess what? Grants wishes. And horrors don't have to be rated R. I, I personally really liked the Insidious movies and those were rated PG-13. I thought James Wan did a great job with those. This one, on the other hand, could have used either an R rating just to make it a little more gory, a little more interesting, or just better directing or better storytelling. It fell short because of a weak main character. I had been really excited for Wish Upon because it had Ryan Felipe and Dong from The Unbreakable Kimmy Schmidt. But just like Suicide Squad, this one was really close to being good. And for my answer, I originally had said Trimmers, but I actually really like the first Trimmers. That, that is a really good movie. And good as in silly and old and cheesy, but still good. I, I, I wouldn't change that movie at all. Its cheesiness is part of its charm. So I decided to go with Hancock. Uh, Hancock, if you don't remember, was that People of Powers movie with Will Smith and Charlize Theron and Jason Bateman, where Jason Bateman played this, I forgot if he was a publicist or not, but he just helped helped people sell themselves. Not, not like a you know pimp, but... <laughs> Uh, sell themselves in a PR sense. Uh, PR, he, he was a public relations person. That's what he did. And Will Smith played this superhero who is known for being a drunk and always making things worse. So he tries to help him out. I, I enjoyed it. it. It could have been a lot better. And just like I said about Suicide Squad, if we couldn't have gotten just a better direction, better writing, whatever it is where that movie fought, fell short, then maybe an R rating could have made it just a little more interesting. So I'm going to be really lazy for the next question, and I'm just going to flip it around. And the the flipped around question is, now what R movie do you think would have been better if it wasn't R? So basically, what movie just went a little too far? What movie needed to be dialed down a bit more do you think would have been better? Maybe it was too gruesome. Maybe there was a rape scene. Maybe there was just something in it 
that really turned you off and you would have liked the movie a lot more had it been you know, just turned down a little bit. So basically, what movie do you think would be better if it wasn't R? All right, well, let's wrap this up with the closing housekeeping. You can find me on iTunes, SoundCloud, Stitcher, Google Play, and any podcast app, as well as the Somewhat Nerdy website. That is somewhatnerdy.com. I'd really appreciate it if you take a few minutes to give the podcast a rating. It doesn't even take that long. It's a very simple process, and it would help me out a lot. It would also help the network out a lot. I would love five stars and also share the podcast let your friends know that you listen to a great movie podcast. Leave me a comment. Tell me what I'm doing right. Tell me what you think I need to improve on. Answer the question of the week. Ask me a random question. And how do you reach me? That is a great question to ask. You can leave a comment for me on the Somewhat Nerdy website or Facebook page. You can leave a comment on SoundCloud. Hit me up on Twitter or Instagram at BilliamSWN. And email me at BilliamReviews at gmail.com. Be sure to check out the Somewhat Nerdy Radio and Nerds of the Squared Circle podcasts also on the Somewhat Nerdy Podcast Network. And also the Watch Your Mouth podcast, great friends of the show. Big D the Movie Hunter on YouTube just released a new episode, so don't forget to give him some love. Don't forget to check out the Somewhat Nerdy site for all of our latest blogs and news. I just wrote a new blog about a book I read and I plan to do a blog a week, or at least I try to. And finally, my dear friends, my dear, dear listeners my future fans. Please remember that no matter where life takes you, no matter what your week has in store, just take some time to catch a flick. I'm Billion from Somewhat Nerdy signing off, and I'll see you in the future. <laughs>